0: Welcome back to another episode of the Books to Woo, woo. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, you
1: want to throw a woo in there? (laughs) Okay, there we go. Are you going (laughs) to?
0: I'm Sam, and my pronouns are she/her.
1: I'm Alex, and my pronouns are she/her. And we have two guests with us today. One is someone who's been on our podcast a lot, as one of our closest friends. Uh, can you introduce yourself with your name, your pronouns, and your Instagram handle, please?
2: Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Megan um, at Books and Blazers. And my pronouns are she/her. I'm very excited to be back on the books again.
1: And we also have um, an author that many of our listeners have heard us talk about a ton. Our first episode was about mostly dead things. So, can you please introduce yourself, your pronouns, where you are on the internet, and your books?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm Kristen Arnett, um, my pronouns are she her um, on the internet. You can find me probably saying something stupid on Twitter. Um, uh, that's like Kristen, I think, underscore Arnett is that. Uh, and then uh, my books. Yeah, I'm a writer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a book called Mostly Dead Things that um if you like Florida and lesbians and taxidermy, uh, that's you know gonna be the book for you. And I have <laughs> coming out uh June 1st that's called uh, with teeth that is about um gay moms. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes maybe shitty gay moms.
1: Yeah, we, we're,
3: we're biters.
1: We have a <laughs> we have a lot of uh questions about your characters and how real and messy they are but um yeah so sam and i are from florida we talk a lot about florida on this podcast so we spent a lot of time when we talked about mostly dead things discussing how florida that book is and everyone who's picked it up since is like wow and i'm like yeah if you want to know what it's like to live here and like how sticky it can be like please Uh read this book
2: so running like joke, I think, now that there's uh we can never not have AC. Like that's like our a whole everyone seems to comment on that because we had a huge discussion about it in our first
0: podcast episode about this book.
1: Yeah. How do you how do you uh do anything without AC in Florida? You just don't.
0: Yeah. Um, I still can't. Like I know that feeling, especially during the hurricanes of like not having AC and laying in like sticky sheets and uh every time i'm just like oh jessa bless her like did anyone wash those sheets jessa did you wash your sheets baby i don't think she did I'm i don't think kidding. so yeah.
1: <laughs> that was our that was our number one question kristen like did <laughs> jessa ever do laundry i really need to know
3: i feel like she is one of those people who like she would be like when she's finally down to like the last shirt that she's like turned inside out and maybe she's done the same thing with her underwear like maybe like she can't the- wear, an un- she I- can't
0: wear an underwear she is full commando.
3: she's like I'm gonna stick everything all at once in the washer and she just tries to cram everything yeah.
0: yeah and then
3: she would dry it but then like just throw it in a corner of the room or like on a chair and mm-hmm. it just sits there and she kind of digs things out of it that is like probably who jessa is in my mind yeah
1: and someone listening is like me too and i want to know who they are as well (laughs) who are you people (laughs) um okay so we have some florida questions to start with because we can't not discuss florida um we want to know your favorite things about florida and any like crazy typical like florida stories that are very florida
3: my favorite things about Florida, uh, I I like how interactive Florida feels. Like Florida feels like a person to me. Like, so it was like, I felt like it was like, not that I think writing is easy, but it was, it was easy to feel like Florida was its like own character, like in any book I'm writing because yeah. it feels so tactile, right? Like it's like something that feels like it's touching you all the time or that you're having an interaction with, sometimes a bad interaction, but an interaction, uh, so probably that's like one of my favorite things about Florida that and the fact that it's also disparate like right we know that like Orlando is not like South Florida is not like North Florida like those yes. are wildly different places and the fact that it's so different has so many different kinds of people and that every different place that you live is like a completely different kind of like floridian florida.
2: lifestyle.
3: is like so there's connectors but there's like things that are so different so i really like that um, like
1: different countries in florida i like, think yeah it's like fun.
3: all very different um uh, there's a lot of like crazy florida stories i feel like i could tell a lot of them have to do with like working at like the public library worked out but probably like i don't know like the last like intensely Florida thing that happened to me I think was when I was still living at like my house in Orlando before I like moved down to Miami I was drinking (laughs) (laughs) and I was doing laundry okay good we have a thread going here (laughs) laundry because I had like I needed to have some like clothes clean but I was like drinking so I had like a beer
0: and
3: I was going into like the laundry and I kind of threw it and I have like one of those I had one of those laundry rooms that's kind of like attached outside to the carport so it's not inside but it is inside yeah it's like uh you know it's still hot as shit but yes like door and a wall um so I was like in there and I like opened up the washer and I have the beer in one hand and I looked down in there and there's this like Big black like snake, like a black snake that had been living like outside of my house. and it decided it wanted to come in and like, go inside the washer. And yeah. so I'm kind of drunk. And so my first impulse was to be like, to grab it so (laughs) I with the beer in one hand and I just like went oh and I reached down and grabbed it like behind the head and so then I've got this like thrashing like snake and a beer in one hand and the dogs are freaking out.
0: (laughs) Who the fuck are
3: you? And I've got these things and instead of like because I've had this like level of beer I think I was like four beers in or something I just like walking and instead of putting the beer down I'm just walking (laughs) over to the front door with it and I'm like using my arm, oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> to
3: and open the doorknob. And finally, I'm like, "No dumbass. Like put the beer down." And then I like opened the door and just kind of chucked
1: oh, the snake
3: out into the yard. Um, and and then I was like, well, that seems like just a really wildly Florida story. Yeah, because, like not only does it involve like an animal and like some kind of domestic chores in the house, but more, like, <laughs> extremely stupid as I
1: handled it. Yeah, you're just like,, I, I can do this. I'll grab this snake. what What's one snake in a washer,
0: you know? Oh, like, okay. you? I feel oh, like, we're, you I feel
3: like we're very close
0: now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. you pet. His name is Steve. He, like, shows up when he needs to. Yeah. That's crazy. That does
1: feel like Florida. I just watched. I think I, I, I might have told Sam about this. I just watched, like, a one of those stupid gender reveal videos. And it was someone in Florida who had a big alligator and they lifted its mouth and then like put something in there that when he shut his mouth down and then all the blue dust, like, came, but they're all like standing over this alligator. I'm like, Oh my God, like, please stop posting things from Florida. <laughs> <Please.">
0: <laughs> but also so, that
1: felt really true to us.
0: My dad lost his finger to a gator. And when I, we did mostly dead things and I was reading it, all I could think of was like gators and my dad, like I grew up near Gainesville. Like, in the swamp, in, like, a small town. And so, gators would get into our backyard and eat our cows. And so, like, my dad would have to, like, get them. And, like, I'm telling you, as I read this, I would, like, cackle. Because I was, like, yeah, this is Florida. This is, like, (laughs) the Florida. This is not Disney. This is not the beach. Like, this is Florida. Because people (laughs) don't know this part of Florida. Like, you ask people about Florida, and they're, like, I have my Mickey ears. Or...
1: Yeah, I'm in St. Pete in Tampa, so it's definitely less Florida, Florida, like Sam Swamp, Florida.
0: Whatever. (laughs) Yes. We're really bad.
1: I also had to ask you about your viral Twitter lizard story because my best friend, actually, when I told him I was interviewing you, he's like, wait a second, wasn't there something about a lizard in her? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And I I really need to hear this story from you because that also feels very Florida to me.
3: Yeah, that was like a really strange thing, because I think like you guys know this, like social media is so weird, like the goofiest things end up going viral that you're just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> but I like my 7-Eleven in Orlando, I was there like every day. I like basically considered it like my neighborhood bar. Like, <laughs> I was yes. Um, And I went in there one morning and yeah, there was just like, you know how there's just fucking lizards everywhere everywhere. everywhere. And so, like, there was a lizard in the 7-Eleven, like, because, of course, there was. Like, they get inside all the time. They're everywhere. And it was, like, up next to the coffee maker. And I was, like, talking to my cashier buddy that I'm friends with. She's
0: a friend now. Yeah. And
3: I was, I was, like, oh, look, like, there's lizard. And then he was joking. He's, like, oh, it's just Marvin. He likes (laughs) to smell. And I was, like, ha, ha, ha. And so I was, like, I always get in my car with my coffee. I'm, like, on my way to work. And I, like, tweet it out. And it just turn into like a whole huge thing where it was it was funny but then it was like people were so intense about it like replying that they would like die for the lizard marvin and i was like well you chill
1: out
0: <laughs> marvin's doing okay guys and 711 wanted you to narc
1: on your ear vocal <laughs> yeah, i was just like okay this is like this a lizard question. but then
3: yeah cuz then it was like yeah, it ended up being like, I think in like the, like the big Miami paper down here, like put a story in. And I was like, this is it. like literally a crazy thing. Because if you live in Florida, you know that there's just lizards everywhere. They're, so they're in my house
1: all the time. I'm always like catching them in a cup and like depositing yeah. them back outside.
3: Yeah. And then, uh yeah. So just recently, again, you know, there was that video that went around of like Komodo dragon that was in some like 7-Eleven, not here. And I was like, haha, like good to see Marvin's doing well all over again and then I had a lot of very earnest people messaging me which I just couldn't reply to them because I was like this is so silly but it was like wow when you were talking about the lizard I thought you meant a little lizard I didn't think like they thought I was being serious yeah <laughs> that was in the- I was just like oh so it felt very Florida like in a lot of ways but it was like one of those times too where I was like I realized like things that feel like like, that just go in the background for us, like, as Floridians, like, the fact that there's, like, a million lizards running around everywhere, yes. like, Spanish moss kind of dripping from all the trees, like, yeah. I had a friend from New York come, and she's, like, what's all this shit hanging out of the tree, <laughs> and I was, like, shit hanging out of the tree.
0: <laughs> it's just moss. Yeah. I
1: used to, like, pick the seeds out of it. I would, like, grab it when I was little, and I, like, they have these like black long that's
0: how you get red bugs. Yeah.
1: Well, I I was that's like a witch. Okay, whatever. I was just like wandering through the woods at tw- no one was like watching me. I had no shoes on. I probably got like I don't what do you get? Uh when tetanus. This is also floor. I never wear shoes either.
0: <laughs> that is true. Yes, I will give you that one. Um I'm just really like no one talked to you about red bugs. No one said, hey girl, don't do that.
1: My parents probably don't know what red bugs are. I don't know. I was just collecting moss leaves and throwing them about. I was living my best life. Leave me alone. I'm I fine.
3: Like, I feel like that's another like Florida thing too, though, right? Where it's like, yeah, when I was really little, I draped that shit all over myself one time. And my yeah. Like, no. <laughs> like, like just yanking it off of me.
1: Yeah. It's it's an experience. I had a pool too growing up, and we were. Have you ever been to Wikwashi, where the mermaids are? Okay, so that's where I'm from, and I lived on the preserve like the woods were behind my house and I feel like it was quintessential Florida that anytime I was in my pool I was terrified that a like a little alligator would come into my pool while my eyes were closed so I'd always get like chlorine eyes because I'm like swimming underwater with my eyes open like please don't let an alligator eat me because they were all over
3: yeah I mean, oh that's man. like a fair thing because there's been like, there's at least like, every if you're from Florida, you know at least one person who's like, yeah, there was a gator in my pool. I had yeah. to call the people and they had to come get it out. Or like a frog was in there and it stayed in overnight
1: and it's all skin came off or something. Oh my God, so gross. <laughs> Florida's weird. Megan, do you want to come live here?
2: I You know, I said this when we talked about Florida the last time, but like, I will never understand. I'm a SoCal girl living in New York, so I have, all I know is driving <laughs> and there are no gators in our pools I will never get (laughs) over the fact that there's gators in pools yeah
1: it was really interesting reading mostly dead things with you because you are not like a Florida person so
2: yeah not at all but like it it was visceral like I feel like I have sweated my body weight out just reading the descriptions (laughs) but obviously nothing like actually fearing for my life via gator in a swimming pool. That's a very specific experience. I yeah. It's
0: a very
1: a very specific childhood yeah. memory to those of us who grew up here.
0: Listen, we so growing up, my dad would catch gators all the time. And like we would don't report me. Uh, um that's like a, that's a very Florida story.
1: <laughs> I really want to know what's about to come out of your mouth.
0: But like so My family, like growing up, we had a farm and our farm was on 80 acres and there was a swamp around the farm. So we had gators all the time. And my dad would catch them and then like chop their tail off and you had gator tail. Oh my God. Wait, have you? I'm reporting you. (laughs) Have you never had gator tail? I've had
1: like gator. I don't know if it was specifically their tail that they were feeding me
0: it usually is the tail okay (laughs) and so my dad like i was in college and my dad had caught a gator and he chopped off the um tail and then he chopped the head off because it was like a huge gator and he wasn't paying attention and his finger went in the mouth of like the headless gator and it did the nerve and it chopped his finger off and yeah And so when I read your book, that's all I could think about. And I would, I'm telling you, I laughed so hard because I was like, this is Florida. Like, of course. Yes. Yes. And like, my dad has like stuffed like deer heads in his house and the taxidermy. Yeah, for sure. So it was like another level. It was real nice though. It was like (laughs) a little, little like soft spot right here. I was like, this is what life is. Welcome to Florida.
1: Well, now that you brought up taxidermy, um, we can start with our mostly dead things questions because do so how did you decide you wanted to include taxidermy in your book? And then do people just assume like you're a taxidermy expert or you have lots of taxidermy animals in your home now and all that? Uh,
3: well, it started out like a lot of things do for me as like a stupid joke because I, uh, I don't know I was looking for something to be funny yeah so I was doing like I was just looking at like a lot of shitty taxidermy online just for fun like really bad taxidermy um well you know when I was like supposed to be doing work or things yeah like that. So <laughs> I, was like, I was like oh I should be writing or like actually doing my job but I was like looking at a lot of shitty taxidermy and then I think this is like a writer's brain also like my librarian's brain where I was like I since I thought it was so funny I started being like well you know, this is, now that I'm looking at it so much, I'm, like, interested in, like, how it actually works, so I started doing, like, kind of, like, a Wikipedia deep dive about, you know, how you start off being, like, well, oh, I'm kind of interested in this, like, a 10 at night or something, and you're drinking, and you just decide to <laughs> read, like, every episode of a television show you've never watched, yes. um, so it was kind of like that with the taxidermy, and I got just, like, I was really fascinated with it, because I was, like, oh, it's not it's not just like taxidermy, I mean, taxidermy is so broad, like, Mm -hmm. how you taxidermy, like, small game is different from large game, versus, like, a mount, versus, like, a skin, versus, like, a fish or a bird, like, all these things are, like, really different, or, like, like, small kills, like, you just, like, kind of, like, freeze dry them it's like will like, <laughs> I go collect like dead boxes from like pet stores and stuff it was like really fascinating to oh
1: me. my goodness
3: but there was like a lot of different things to it and then I was like okay I was working because I had never written like a novel before and I was just like really focused on short fiction which I still do I love short fiction so I was trying I was like I'm gonna add this into a short story um and I was like I want to write a short story about a brother and sister who are like attempting to like me, like a family friend's beloved pet goat that has died and then they just fuck it up really bad and then they're having like a big fight with each other about like this goat but then also there's other things going on and i was like writing this story and i just it was like the first time i wrote like a short story where i was like it felt bigger to me because i was interested in more than what was happening like in the scene setting um like kind of like what i call like a i think of short stories as like snow globes Mm -hmm. so like the story like it's all contained inside this little world and like you know it's like a moment caught in time and for this was bigger because I was like I'm thinking about like who they were like when they were like born and like what the place around them looks like and like the different people on the periphery and like the bigger expanse of their lives so I was like okay I guess I'll just like take me and then like
0: use that as like a
3: kind of like a, a lens to kind of look at their lives and then yeah people do um I was really nervous. I was like the biggest fear I had of people reading the book actually was like, which is very funny. I think I was like, I was like, I guess this is good. It was less about the gay shit and more about like the taxidermy. I was like, someone's going to read this and be like, she doesn't fucking know what she's talking about, <laughs> she know about taxidermy. So I really did like a shit ton of research. Um, that's where like my librarianship I think really helped me. Cause I'd watched like so many videos. I went on so many forums. I wanted to have like the language down um because i was just felt like this like feeling inside yeah like, really call me out it's less like
1: they're not they're not going to be mad that they're gay characters they're going to be mad that you fucked up the taxidermy
3: world <laughs> that's not how you like tax taxidermy bird <laughs> but you, that's
0: <laughs> real that's real life yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. like oh so i spent a lot of time doing that it ended up being like too i um talked with somebody who works over like at the smithsonian um i was at like a, a thing in baltimore and somebody who, who like just happened to be there at the reading and they're like we all thought like they worked in the taxidermy part and they, they thought we all thought you did taxidermy and i was like this is a moment for me <laughs> I felt so good i felt so like validated because i'd done so much like research i was so nervous about it
1: maybe you but, could now like maybe you just know enough that you could try
0: i mean i, I really think that you should let's go guys.
1: get that lizard
0: where where's
1: the snake that would be kind of cool you should like do people i wonder if someone offers like a you know, like you could do like a pottery class. Like what if you could do like a taxidermy, a small mice class? Like, I don't know.
3: I do Honestly, I would. I'm not like grossed out by a lot of things. And so it was fun to do because I really like bodies and I'm interested in masks and things. Um, and yeah. people do, People did give me like a lot of taxidermy. The things I got like when I ran on a book tour were so fun because people either brought me beer, which I love, or they brought me like taxidermy stuff. So I had like... Yeah, I'm looking next to me because there's, like, I have, like, skulls and, like... Oh, so you
1: have stuff. You have, yeah. like, a collection. That is oh, here, movie. hold on. I'll
3: get, I'll get uh, some some things to show you guys.
1: Yes! That is so cool. I need to record the actual Dexter B animals.
0: Yeah. Okay, but pause. Very I very need fun. one of y'all to write a book so we can go on a book tour because I and just have to check I have out beer. a few
3: beer. different things. So, it's, like, someone got me this, like, duckling.
0: Oh, my God,
1: cute. That's
0: a It's, like, <laughs> a little, like...
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's a Aww. princess, Aww. like princess ducky. Oh, that my is gosh. so
1: cute! A so princess is- ducky,
3: and then a coyote skull that <gasps> someone gave me. Oh, like wow! Really and then, uh, oh, another thing that somebody got me that I really love, um, is uh, there's like a few different ones of these. Is people gave me cicada,
0: <gasps> yeah. Oh my God! The is, which is that's really cool. amazing. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah.
3: which is very cool. Um, I'm not sure how long they'll end up lasting for, but yeah, I've just had them kind of be in the jar, cause uh, cause you, know, you just so uh, unique. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's so much from the book, and then people, people just gave me really neat stuff, like, like made made me things that were like, um, somebody like made me like a cicada embroidery, like so it was like. <laughs> People were just like really fucking thoughtful. I was yeah. just like, this is "So nice." Um, but yeah, so people gave me a lot of stuff like that, and I was like, "I love it. I think it's super neat." so Wait, can
0: I ask you questions? Like, yeah. is that normal that people give you stuff on your like book tour? Because that's amazing. <laughs>
3: I don't know if it is or not. I do know that like I just had like just I was like I think I just had like really nice readers. Yeah, <laughs> it was, like, that's really
1: cool. cool. So um, I was like I am on presents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. I loved the beer. It was really yeah. my favorite. Happened like in Nashville. Uh, I did uh, an event with uh, my friend Mary Laura Philpot, um, who's like an essayist, and she she wanted everything to be like really special. Was so like oh, she. Gosh um decorated everything with all this taxidermy and like she wore this like bustier that was taxidermy oh hell yeah it was so cool and this um this woman ended up being like in line like the signing line and when she got up I could tell she was like really nervous and she had like a six-pack of high life and she like, <laughs> put it down and she's like I brought this for you but I was in line and I got really nervous so I drank two of them there were like two of them that were like just empty bottles like in the pack. And I was like, That's I-
0: amazing. I was like,
3: this rules. That's very cool. I was like, yeah. thank you. Um, but yeah, it was like it was fun. I think it was uh that's like a thing I'm so bummed about is and that I think a lot of a lot of authors have to be really sad about because it's really fun and neat to like meet with people who like read your work and then talk with them <laughs> and then <laughs> <that's> scare you. <laughs> um but it was like a I don't know just uh it was so fun always to just like talk with people like afterwards and hear like what they had to say about the book because people have like such interesting stories too
1: yeah and you I miss have. that when you're doing like yeah. COVID safe internet yeah. you don't get to talk to the fans like as
3: yeah there's something like, first of all I love this just dog up here I love it
1: <laughs> they will jump on top of her too it is we are just chaos every time we record <laughs>
0: I do apologize. I have two of them and they are wild. I like that. I, I, sh-
1: I shut mine out. They're not allowed in here. <laughs>
0: um, I My house is just like one big room. It yeah. looks like a tree house. Mm-hmm. And so there's no shutting these heifers out. Like they're here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um,
1: Okay. I think Megan had some, some good questions too.
2: Yeah. Speaking of chaos and mess, that's a good subway. That is. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I mean I feel like I talk about this all the time whenever I like talk about your book and and like post about your book. Um, the the messy gay representation is just amazing. I feel like, and I I feel that way about I like not so subtly put your uh, short story collection up here too, uh, which also has messy gays. Um, but I feel like the. A lot of gay characters in a lot of books, even written by queer authors, are so focused on the page on being the representative queer character and going through very specifically queer experiences and, and growth you know, journeys that they don't necessarily get to be as messy as I feel like a lot of us feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, really love the fact that you infuse your characters with so much mess, but also like make it very much their own agency in their mess. Like They actively pursue the mess, which yeah. feels very, real to me you could talk a little bit about like what your inspiration behind making those characters that way was
3: yeah Uh, because I think that I'm interested in that too I'm interested in that as a reader because I think you know first and foremost that's I'm a writer but as writers we're readers too Mm -hmm. Um, and the things I always have gravitated towards is like like deeply flawed supremely messy people because like that's like very interesting right I mean also just like people are so so messy um it's like I don't know I think it And it takes like so little to like make someone make like a bad choice or do like some kind of thing. And that's like where like the the interest in comes from me like Daniel Evans was describing this like I was watching her at an event like not too long ago and she was talking about the thing that she's the most interested in about in a story um which like I I always think of this as like the mess is like when there's a character going along and you see where they could have they have like the opportunity right the v opens up where here you can go one way and that the choice is going to be okay and you there's here's the other way and you are commit you can see them choose that choice and then they continue on and then like everything that happens post that choice is because of this one specific little v or some kind of instance where that happens and that is always the most fascinating to me and I think like a lot of like mess compounds right yes not just like great we're multi-layered messy people I think (laughs) humanity uh so it's it's always really fun to think about like the kind of built layers built into like messiness, because I think, OK, if we're like using like the actual physical mess of just house, as an example, like those things don't happen overnight. It's something that kind of like builds like, right, like one day your kitchen's kind of dirty. And then guess what? You don't do that. And then, you know, if you don't take the trash out for a while and then, oh, no, now we have like fruit fly infestation. And then like those things kind of like build to a point. they're building layers in. And I think that's the same thing with messy people, right? Like choices build on choices, build on choices. Um, and I like to think a lot of the times about like how like queerness is built into messiness. Um, I think that for a lot of different reasons, there's messiness because there's like so many like queer people also myriad, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's not like static, but there's this like idea about like maybe uh, not for everyone, but for many people like delayed adolescence because so yeah. much is, like queer people. Mm-hmm being young and growing up is learning how to kind of hide or behave in certain kind of ways. Um, So like when everyone else is going through puberty or like things like this happening, it's this kind of like figuring out how to act normal. How can I look like how everyone around me is acting because I feel like something's off or wrong or I'm not reacting in the same kind of ways. So there's those kinds of things like masking and behaving. And then like this, feeling like when it shifts and when you're coming out it's kind of like trying to relearn everything but at the same time you're trying to emulate like how do queer people act i don't really yeah. know anybody like is this what i'm supposed to like do i need to watch every single episode of the l word like you know like the yeah. lesbian relationships work and then like they like cliches come into like right like of course we just move in after three dates because like you hauling that's something right yeah like it's like stuff that's like built in messiness but it's yeah. like because we're everyone's still trying to figure out how to behave and act um and that is right like that's just that's just fucking messy
1: <laughs> so relatable i i i've talked a lot about that i mean you gave it that the delayed adolescence because i feel like especially if you're later in coming out which i feel like so much so many of us are and so many of us are not but then you're like, you want to like go out and feel like a teenager again because you didn't get to like kiss girls or boys when you were 14. And, and, but then half of it is also like, but I also feel this pressure to be like this perfect queer person because I don't want to like mess up queerness for these people who maybe are like on the fence about your like queerness. And then if you act like messy and ridiculous and you make bad choices, you're like, Dating a bunch of people and then, you know, doing things wrong, they're like, oh, okay, like I knew something was wrong with you. And you don't, you know, like you're, it's so hard to like balance that.
2: Yeah, I feel like I was scared to be a messy gay for so long that like seeing messy queerness all over the place and realizing that like all of us are messes capital m messes and that is okay and should be the way that it is feels like so so validating um yeah. and i think that is just it's so well done in in this book in particular it, me, it makes me feel seen every time i reread it <laughs>
3: that's that's good i okay i i was like as i was a messy
0: person myself <laughs> um, <laughs> this is
1: definitely I'm, just a gathering of messy gay people right now
0: <laughs> i would be like i am still messy just so we're clear like there is no i was do you ever get any
1: pushback? So I finished with teeth and Sam's reading it right now. And then Megan will read it because we kind of pass it around. Um, But do you ever feel any pressure from readers? Because even in with teeth, I feel like, again, there's a pressure to create like the purest queer character who like, sure, you mess up, but then you do something right. And you can redeem yourself because we're always trying to like, you know, make sure our stories get published, and we're like seen as I don't know like good enough people I think
3: even like likable is it yes
1: likable, yeah, so do you did you feel pressure because even in with teeth, I feel like you have that added layer, unlike mostly dead things of like now you're writing a queer marriage and queer parents mm-hmm. who are also messy humans because nobody's a good parent all the time and nobody's a good spouse all the time so do you did you do you ever feel pressure from your readers or people who maybe like tell you about your book and how they felt to like create more likable characters
2: yes
3: I think um anybody who is writing um like quote-unquote like unlikable characters which is uh I don't know that's like an interesting kind of topic right because it's like what is like likability um, right on anyway um yeah there is like a feeling where because it's like I even like writing like mostly dead things. I had feedback from some people where they were like, I heard this one woman at like a book talk I went to was like, do you think you'll ever write like, why can't you just write like happy, like happy-
1: Happy gay things.
3: Happy gay people. Like, do you ever write like a happy book? And I was like, what book did you guys read? She's like, oh, I picked it. I picked the things that carried. I was like, do you describe that as like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Tim O'Brien. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Um, I was like so, it's like I don't know. There's this like I think there's a pressure too because um, yeah. likability is quite often a characteristic we put on female female characters. Yeah, right? so it's like um, if this is a character who identifies as female in the text, then this is like somebody who they need to have some kind of redeeming quality. And I think that I I I was like at the end of the day, I was like this is the book I want to write for with teeth. I was like you know, um, Sammy is not. <laughs> necessarily likable and I was like that's not what's interesting to me about her as a person yeah the interesting part to me writing that book um and like sitting with those characters is the idea about like reliability or unreliability inside the stories in a family yes Um, and that was most interesting to me and that doesn't necessarily mean, mean being likable but I think there's plenty of Books that are that feature like a male protagonist, where like we wouldn't describe them as likable or unlikable, we would just describe them as like a nuanced character. Because right, who are quite often not likable. I mean, think about in our own daily lives, all the people we have to deal with that are maybe not so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or our own, own selves. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, But I think there is like pushback about certain things like that. Um, And, and a big part of writing with teeth too, for me was like the idea that we're talking about, like, right, being like the model representation, um, like the model gay moms, because idea that you already have people who are against you right like you're like two gay moms with a son
1: they're gonna mess them up yeah
3: like there's no dad like they're not gonna know how to like learn to be and so then you have that going on and so then if you like are like then there's like the other side of that's where you cannot mess up because then you're really ruining it for other people you know <laughs> like like oh you're gonna be like a really shitty gay mom it's gonna if, like you do something bad it ends up like everyone knows about it then everyone's gonna look at me that way like you've ruined this for me as like yeah. another person and there's like a lot there's already like a lot of pressure I think like for people who are like if they don't even know if they're like ready to be like a parent because plenty of people aren't ready to be parents and they just like do it and you know not everybody is great all the time and you know I don't think there's a single person on the planet who doesn't have like well I have this like kind of weird thing with you know yeah one or both parents or like you know there's just that's just normal but I was like I'm really interested in being like you know what if this is like a person who's in a situation like this and maybe you know she's not great (laughs) she's not a great mom um, like she's just kind of like a shitty mom but then like what does that mean to feel like you're in like under a microscope all the time and you yeah. feel like even even when you're not being observed the idea of feeling as though you're being observed
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, I think would like kind of double down on a lot of that kind of messiness um and yeah I with teeth was a different kind of book for me too because with mostly dead things I really was thinking about grief a lot mm-hmm. the kind of ways that um it manifests in different people, even within a household or a family. Mm-hmm. You know, like the ways that like people engage with it. Either trying to like not deal with it, or like running away from it, or making porny taxidermy. <laughs> like with different kinds of ways that people process grief is different. So that's what that book was about to me, and that was where a lot of the humor came from. Was this yeah. of thing? And for with teeth, so much of it was like the humor for me was in like extreme discomfort. Yes. I was, like I was like what situation like how uncomfortable can these situations be where I'm still kind of like getting some enjoyment out of like can I make a dinner scene like so unbearably uncomfortable like how uncomfortable can he I did make-
1: yeah I was reading it and I'm like that awkward giggle you get when like you feel so I'm like oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I'm glad I'm not there and also like I feel like I am so I don't know how to feel in this chapter
0: um, I won't buy. I think the one that I, the part that I have laughed so much about, and I was texting Megan, or um, Alex, is maybe the part where R.I.P. Jasper in <laughs> with teeth. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> fascinating. I was, Sam and I were texting, <laughs> and she's, like, reading it through a teacher lens, and I'm reading it through a therapist lens, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating to read from that lens because i'm like i can't even pick like i feel like for some of the book you're like oh this kid is disastrous and then for some of the book you're like the mom is terrible or them like and i'm like i i feel like they all i need to sit them all down in therapy and like everyone needs to work their shit out real yeah. like because none and, of them are terrible they're all just like really going through it i don't know
0: <laughs> and then i'm sitting there being like you know what like consequences the kids never face consequences. I'm going to count to
1: three okay. and you're going to listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating book. And I think it's, it's very different from mostly dead things. So it's nice to kind of read them both and see, but like similar too, because you know, you have the, the messiness and the relatability and they're just really living their lives and trying their best.
0: Yeah. i not. do i do have a grievance though like, <laughs> Kristen. i need to tell you yes mostly dead things i stopped at the part where they find the big black dog um because i don't know if you see this oh. right now yeah. and i definitely had to hold someone and be like i love you so much please don't play in the road yeah <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to my life. Thank you.
2: That is all. Awesome. No, I totally understand why you cried at that part, Sam, but that is not when I cried during this
0: book. It's a very specific <laughs> other type, type of crying, I think, that I was having. Oh my gosh. I I like it was not even funny how much I cried at that point. And I was like, what is wrong? And I was I like, cry. Don't- oh my god. god. I, mean.
1: <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm Sammy's kid. I I wasn't crying. Should yeah, I'll you cry? don't
0: write anything, Alex. So like what's me? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I should write a book about me and my parents and see what comes <laughs> up. <laughs> uh,
3: it's like, I don't know, it was a it was a different process writing both of those books too because um I mean just from like a purely like like mechanics of writing kind of process perspective. Bye. Writing mostly dead things. I wrote that book before I had an agent. Um, I was like kind of on my own. Like let's see if I can do this and writing it, and then, you know, spending time with it by myself and thinking about it, um, and then having like getting an agent and then you know getting a publisher. Whereas like with with teeth, I had what like I think seventy pages like written of that book when it went to like auction. And so then I had to like talk with people on the phone who wanted to like buy it, but then have to be like, maybe, like, okay, what can you tell us about what happens? And I was like, nothing.
0: <laughs> was, like, Absolutely nothing. Oh, i
3: right. But then it's like, okay, yeah, somebody bought it. Now you have to sit and write the rest of it. And it was like a completely different kind of process. Um, but I also just like, like those two books like just felt so different, like writing mostly dead things. Like I had like a little note had all, like a little um, post-it note on my computer all the time that I looked at when I was thinking about um, like from Jessa's perspective because it's like a first person narrative uh-huh. so I was like okay if I'm thinking about how Jessa thinks like um, I'm constantly going to be having to think how do I make the present as interesting as the past and it's like very difficult to make the present as interesting in the past even though I'm like the writer sitting and writing the present it's like so much easier to kind of like make nostalgia this kind of like Right. Because nostalgia is like, can be like beautiful and like a glowy thing, but also is like nostalgia can be like a weapon or nostalgia mm-hmm. is like dangerous. And so it's like, that was like a note I had for myself for that. And like with, with teeth, it was like this whole different thing because sometimes it'd be so teeth gritting to like sit with this character. Cause I know she's going to do something or like, she's going to do this. <laughs> like She's like doing it anyways. And I'm like, you fucker. Like, I, I, like, like, I could change this, but I'm not. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and just like how I am as like a writer, if I tell myself like something's gonna happen, then my brain will write in the opposite direction. So I was like, I was like, oh, please don't do something horrible. And then she would just do something. And
1: then I'd be like, oh, please horrible. don't
3: let do this kid do this thing. I'm like, oh damn it.
1: He did it. He did it again.
3: <laughs> I was like, I, I guess it. we're I guess we're just doing this. We're yeah,
1: your fingers it. have like a brain of their own. They're just going <laughs> <you're> like, no. <laughs>
0: okay. So Kristen, do you have any advice for any um writers or queer writers that are you know writing right now we have a lot of people who are who listen that are aspiring authors
3: Mm -hmm. um I think that I mean I think it can be really difficult to like give like kind of like writing advice just because I am a person that think like thinks that everybody does things differently and that's why reading is so um, is so great because everybody writes differently. So we get like, and it has different perspectives. So we get like a lot of like myriad different kinds of stories. So for myself, this doesn't work for everyone, but for me, it has for the most part, (laughs) the caveat on that, um, is to like try and work on something every day, even if it's something shitty that I don't keep. Um, like I know I'm not going to keep, it's like kind of like for myself, it feels like, um, like building a muscle, like, like, yeah, is working every day. So it can be just like, sitting down and journaling or sitting down and writing on something I usually have a project that I'm working on so I can go into that project and do like if you if it feels good to give yourself a word count like my like librarians like anal retentive brain is like okay here we have this word count for the day if you hit the word count you're good you're golden yeah like you can do that um but I think that that's helpful I also think um here's another thing I think is good to do like I think we really put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially right now in this like past year, like, you know, it being like a pandemic and everyone's in quarantine mm-hmm. and like, okay, now I'm going to like, now I'm going to do that project, you know, and now I'm right. like I'll work on it or like, now I'm going to make myself read and I'm going to read. And it's like, my brain doesn't want to read, you know, like my brain is like, fuck you. I'm dealing with a lot of different stuff right now. I can't deal with reading a book. Like, don't I make that. Yes. Yeah, there's like, I was like, there was like months and months where I was just like, I can't, like, I'd read a page and I'd be like, I don't even know what I just saw. And I think that's lots yes. of Yes. So I think like engaging with whatever kind of art and I, I think art is very broad. So it's like whatever kind of television show, movie, comedy special cd or a cd i've dated myself like a floppy <laughs>
1: disk of music if you
3: will yeah if you want to like throw on a record um
1: that's cool again so like yeah. i don't know i don't know when floppy disks are gonna come back but i'm ready <laughs>
3: <laughs> but like kind of like engaging with anything that like makes you feel good about enjoying it like not yeah. not to be like I'm gonna sit here and now I'm gonna have a creative spurt and be able to work again like I don't think that's the point I think the point is to like be able to like try and engage with work again in a way that feels like good you know like oh I like, like that. I remember the joy and some of that too is like a thing I did was like I'm gonna read like reread books I really really love Just so I can like sit and remember that feeling of being like kind of like engaging and like lost in books, I like sat down and reread like all Stephen King because I was like, okay, I want to like read books that I know that I like that I'm also interested in certain kinds of ways. Also
1: very Florida, some half Florida. (laughs) Uh,
3: So I was like, okay, doing that. And I think that that's something that's helpful is to just kind of allow yourself, like, to enjoy work.
0: So I want to know what's your favorite Stephen King novel.
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Cause I have like feelings on like different things. Like my, like my favorite for a long time has been like The Shining, which I think like, right? That's like domestic and a household and like lots of different things going yes. on, right? The Shining's great. But I also, I think like, if I'm thinking from a craft perspective, I can't believe what I'm saying this. Uh, if I'm thinking from a craft perspective, I think all the time about Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. Um Because that is a book I thought about, I actually thought about Pet Cemetery a lot when I was writing teeth. <laughs> that's not- sounds terrible but it's like
1: uh, <laughs> there's one moment I, specifically <laughs>
3: yeah, well, I was like there's like so many scenes in that book in pet cemetery for instance um i don't know this is like spoiler alert spoiler alert like uh, but it's uh,
0: a <laughs> ears like, megan yeah
3: and it's a uh, like a uh, he's going to the graveyard because he's going to dig up his son's body And you keep waiting for them to cut away. Like you're like, cut away, cut away. I don't want to sit here with this, but he doesn't let you. You are forced to stay there with him the whole time. And through like the, I'm going to park my car. I'm getting the shit out of the back of my car. I'm going to climb the fence. I can't really figure out how to climb the fence. Okay. I kind of figure out how to climb the fence. I'm going to get over, I get the stuff over. I kind of make it, I hurt my knee. Like there's like, you are not allowed even like a beat to get away from this he doesn't let you go into like here's a memory or here's something else like no
1: you're digging this child up too
3: moment by moment you're gonna be there for every shovel full you're gonna have to sit here with a man while he does this and I was like that is so impressive to me because I think even as writers like our impulses a lot of time if I get to a scene where I'm like this is like heavy I don't want me like it's like an impulse to pull back Mm -hmm. and have a breath or a beat and pull away and I think it's much harder to be like nope I'm gonna sit here I'm gonna force you to stay with this man what he's doing and know that he like should not be doing it. And that, and also like the, just the conflicting, not only like the physical sensation of being like what it would be like to like spend all that time, like physically digging up a grave and like a middle-aged man's like body right. that you know, just is like already going through like, grief. But then like, yeah, what what the grief would feel like to do that. And I was like, this is a kind of feeling of discomfort of sitting here from a craft perspective. yeah. Fascinating to me, so I was like, well, you know, what kind of discomfort can we sit with in in books and and still sit there and be like, like, oh, holy shit. Um, so I think that that from a craft perspective, yeah,
1: that's interesting because I think <laughs> from a humanity perspective and as a therapist, no one wants to sit in their discomfort, and like part of that is always forcing people to do it. So I wouldn't have even thought about that in books, but I feel like that comes through a lot in your books too. Like you will sit and read all of this. This stuff and like feel uncomfortable with this character. If they have to feel it, you're gonna feel it too.
0: Well, even like he- listening to you talk,
1: did your power just go out?
0: Yeah. Are we here? Are we <laughs> no, okay. live? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Get a treehouse. They said.
0: Welcome <laughs> my life. Um, but even listening to you talk, I was just thinking of when Jessa walks in on her dad and the aftermath. And like, I remember thinking like it would kind of be like a fade to black scene and it'll be something that just like is referenced, but like you put it in there and it's there and it's like all the hard parts are in there too. And I remember thinking like, oh, like having to take a breather for a hot second, because that was hard. That was real hard. Yeah I feel, I feel like I felt that way like the
2: physical like discomfort of mostly dead things but the emotional discomfort too I feel like you you dropped us in and we're like you're gonna be uncomfortable get ready from the get-go and it like expanded into many different kinds of discomfort yeah, um, yeah. which is probably a weird thing to start uh introducing your book as but I feel like that's what I say when people ask like what's it about and I'm like it's gross and uncomfortable you're gonna love it like just <laughs> love it keep going um, and I really liked that because like the same thing Sam I was like I'm this is messy and, and weird and I don't know yeah. what how I feel about this and oh now I'm having feelings that I don't like but I'm still really into this book like you kind of you want to keep going and... into, like the different versions of it which I really 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 loved that
3: was a really hard scene to have to go back and edit
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's
3: being like oh I wrote this and I have to go and sit back inside of this again
1: too bad <laughs> it's not just like one and done don't yeah. ever have to look at it again that
3: was like definitely one of those scenes um, where I was just like, Whoa, I'm going to write it like really, really fast because it felt like really uncomfortable. But I also felt like um, that was like bodily discomfort in a way. But also like I, I wanted there to be like, because Jessa has such a like a fraught, interesting relationship with her father, like throughout the book that I was like, because I, and I think this happens like a lot of times, like there's like points in our life as we're like growing up where we like see these like very like specific like things with our parents like that are like, like we see them at this kind of like place, this like place where we, we wish we did not see that. Or like too that. human.
1: Like, oh, uh, <laughs> it feels like
3: you, like, yeah, it sort of like feels like, like it takes them out of the space of being a parental figure into the space that's like, oh no, like I like you, you're deeply vulnerable and I in turn feel deeply vulnerable and like being part of this. But that's like, I think just like a natural part of like
1: Relatable. <laughs> Especially as you get older and your parents stop seeing you as like a child, they have to like protect. And I'm like, oh, go back to that. Like,
2: yeah,
1: (laughs) stop thinking I'm an actual person who can like help solve, like I don't, this is (laughs) crossing boundaries I didn't want to cross. Okay, I have a question. Um, Our podcast, probably if you've gleaned from the name, we talk only about queer literature and Mm -hmm. the importance of representation. And I know we've talked a little bit about the representation in your book, but Uh, what we like to ask authors is what about writing queer representation is important to you and what you want to get across to all of the queer readers who pick up your book? Yeah.
3: Um, Well, I think it, it, for me, it started from a place of like wanting to write the thing that I felt like I wanted to read, um, Mm, which um, I mean, I thought about a lot, which is that um, I did, I was just, I didn't want to read, Um, coming out stories I was like I because I also feel like coming out is like a very fraught process um, and also different but for different people but it's like it's usually like even though we have to come out over and over and over again like throughout our lives like um, a coming out like narrative generally in fiction for me has felt like this is like a pinpointed moment in time and that's like I'm more interested in like the daily kind of lived experience of queerness and as messy as that is. And sometimes it's like boring, (laughs) you know, Um, or sometimes it's like, I just like the kind of like, I don't know. I wanted to read those kind of things. So, and sometimes too, I was like, sometimes I feel like I wonder who coming out like, because it can feel like kind of like trauma porn. Um, I wonder if sometimes who coming out narratives are being written for because I don't necessarily think they're always being written for queer audiences. I think they're being written for like a straight audience, uh-huh. a voyeur of the kind of like queer pain.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: and like I, I was like, I very much want to read like books where where queer people, queer people are messy and they're like agents in their own destruction. <laughs> so, wow. But I, I don't want there to be like an element of like, I don't know. I want it to be like a queer book for queer people like I, I like or like for maybe for people who are looking to read about messy queer people in this kind of way right. so like maybe that's not everybody maybe that's not every reader um but for the people who like reading like messy messy queer people then that's that's what it matters to me and also just um I don't know I think for myself that's like one thing you know when you asked earlier like if I get like flack from like writing like into like unlikable there's like a continued kind of not flack but like Response, I guess, because I'm just like stupid online, like I'm like dumb and funny, like funny in quotes here. Um, <laughs> no, you but, are.
2: We don't yeah, follow you on Twitter. I'm, you are.
3: <laughs> well, it's like, I'll make stupid jokes, like, okay, like, a, what's a ravioli, you know, like, name a million things or like some kind of thing like that, just being dumb or whatever. And like, and then it like, there's kind of like a response occasionally from people where it's like, oh, well, you're so funny, like on Twitter, like, why aren't you writing these kind of like funny in your like fiction and I was like that's not first of all expanding like a ravioli joke into a novel <laughs> I feel <like> I need <laughs> a if I do that so just send me I would read that. I would um, rate it
1: too <laughs> yeah.
3: I was like I was like just because I like write like a certain kind of way like I just there's this kind of like pigeonholing feeling of being like and I was like I want to sometimes sit with like the mess and the nastiness and the ugliness um because I think that it's it's just as important to me as the
1: the ravioli jokes yeah,
3: as the ravioli <laughs> joke like I, I'm interested in both I'm interested in the duality of man yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but even still like I think it's really hard when people see you as a like social media person and then when they read your books because sometimes people can't hold two things in their hands. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, and I, I could see where that would be very, almost just aggravating because people are expecting you to be like this one thing all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that would that would bother me too. Yeah. And then I would burn their house down. So if you need <laughs> me, you, I got you. The matches are here. Thank you very much.
1: It's a consistent threat on this show. Yep. <laughs> We are basically arsonists. So hopefully <laughs> no one legal is listening to this.
0: Or the right ones. The right people are listening. Yeah. The ones who <laughs> will. Well. Has- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So question. We have a few questions before, like we let you go. One, what is your favorite beer? Cause we've heard this. What have oh. you been walking around with?
3: oh man i do
0: catch snakes
3: (laughs) difficult for me like if i'm being like brutally honest with you like like, my favorite beer is like not even like probably technically a beer it's like a malt liquor i really like steel reserve i like to buy the tall boys from like the 7-eleven they come in like a four pack of tall boys and you can get them for eight dollars like eight dollars for four tall boys um uh, you can't beat it i really love a steel reserve deals and deals I find, like, but if I'm prepping, like if I'm like drinking like a, you know, an actual like beer that's not a malt liquor, <laughs> Um I like, uh, I like uh, Cigar City stuff. I like, highlights. you see Cigar City. I live yeah. right
0: by Cigar City Brewery. Yeah,
3: it's pretty good stuff. I like to get those like kind of mixed packs. And I've been liking the Florida man out of that too. I think mm-hmm. it's
0: really good. Okay, you should try Swamp Head. Have you ever had Swamp Head?
3: No, I'm always down for trying new beers though.
0: Okay, Swamp Head is like my favorite. And they're in gainesville they're a brewery in gainesville but they're just getting big and they're being like put distributed throughout all of florida so if you see swamp ped they're oh, like yeah. they're good they're yeah. Legit.
1: yeah i'm, I'm um, grateful to i live right by ybor city and we have all the like cigar city old school tampa i just found out the other day like tampa has a ton of tunnels from like the prohibition era and someone bought a house here one time and like uncovered all these like old bottles of alcohol that were hidden under his home. And they were like, you could sell them for hundreds of thousands of dollars, but instead he put like a glass floor over them and like left them in the dirt under his house. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. I didn't know I lived here with like pirates and hidden booze.
0: You're like digging in your yard being like, am I going to find it?
1: Honestly, I would sell it because I need the money. Thank you, thank you. Oh
0: man. Oh,
2: okay, I feel like the, the one question that we're all dying to hear you answer are your favorite queer books if that is yeah even you can answer oh
3: my god that's really difficult there's so many like i can list some i think yeah yeah that's fine (laughs) Um, uh, one that i say all the time that i am absolutely obsessed with is, is alex cheese edinburgh um i fucking love that book that's like a book And I like I am not a person that cries. But I was reading that book on a plane and was just weeping, like openly (laughs) weeping. It's like such a beautiful, uh, first of all, I think Alex G is just an amazing writer in general. But I think that book is incredible. Like hands down, like one of my favorite, one of my favorite queer books is Edinburgh. And I really like um Brian Washington's stuff. I loved a lot if you like short fiction collections that are like place driven. Um, that's like such queer Houston Mm -hmm. that is such a good collection that's like another book where it's like you know you're like uh reading something you're like oh fuck you that's like so good I feel like Brian is so talented like and his novel Memorial is also fantastic so 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 good um I love Takira Madden um I love Long Live the Tribe of Fatherless Girls yes that book is terrific um uh jakira diaz is another like miami writer and she's so so talented uh i'm always like there's so many i'm like oh god
1: i know you <laughs> don't want to leave anyone out you're like
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's so many that's the thing too it's like there's so many um i really liked uh Kaming chang's uh, bestiary that came out not that long ago i thought that mm-hmm. was great um pizza girl Is a book that came out like last year. That book was terrific. Um and very queer in a super messy way. (laughs) Very messy.
1: I heard it was weird. It's
3: really weird. I want it, yeah. I like that book book a lot. If you liked like the messiness of Jessa, then you will like Pizza Girl. Girl. Um, I read that and I was like, this is so great. I loved how incredibly because it was like it was also messy in terms of like the like the queerness in it was like a person who's like i'm like queer but i also really don't understand and also i'm like i'm in a relationship with this person who is like you know ad- identifies as like a, a straight like cis person and like but i still love them and I, the sex isn't bad with them but it's like also my queerness and also i'm pregnant and so it's like very <laughs> so many things is <laughs> isn't even that long it's like to, like i read that in an afternoon i thought that book was great oh uh another book that i really liked that was that came out actually this is a good uh to like promote because it came out at such a bad time it came out like march 2020 Ah. Um, is the book hex
1: oh i've Um, heard of this
3: um that book is queer in a really interesting way it's like a woman who's like been like working on like a project with like plants and she's like completely obsessed with like her mentor and like it is like she ends up getting kicked out of her program. And so then she's just like, but still obsessed with her like mentor. Uh I loved that book. That book was weird and super messy, but I think it just came out at like a like a time where people That's not enough people got it. Yeah. Uh, Peter,
0: know.
3: Peter Kispert's, um, I know you know who I am. Those stories were great because it's all like queer people who are like just like being liars. And I love that. (laughs) I'm
1: sensing a theme. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I was was like, I love messy, queer stuff, but there's like so many, oh man, there's just like so many like good, queer things.
1: I wrote those all down because some of them I have never heard of and I hate that happens because I'm like, I want to hear about every queer book that has ever existed.
3: Oh, Melissa Phoebos's girlhood that just came out. I don't love that one either. (laughs) Really, really good too. That's like I mean, and if you haven't read any of Melissa's other stuff, um, there, it's Abandoned Me is her, like, one that she had before, and that's terrific. And then, um, I don't even know. Her partner, uh, uh, Danica Kelly, has uh, a bunch of, like, if you like poetry, it's, like, a bunch of really great, like, series, like, one title of hers, and then she has a new poetry collection coming out, and those are very queer, so.
1: Fun. Yeah, that just reminded me. Megan, don't you have, like, a seven realms of uh kevin bacon with kristen stewart's or kristen arnett i'm sorry i keep saying kristen stewart and i told sam that i was like why do i want to call you kristen stewart it's like the only kristen i know um i don't know her uh with kristen arnett's uh significant other didn't something happen on emily yeah uh, or
3: no kayla
0: <laughs>
2: I was yeah. like, my ex-wife or my current girlfriend, <laughs> no, her girlfriend yes um uh, Kayla interviewed my ex and I about watching The L Word. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I remember like, when she did that. Yeah, it was like, I I felt very famous to be in Autostraddle. Um, <laughs> like, of course, because I'm gay, my ex and I, my like first girl, we like U-hauled. I was with her for like five years. We are now best friends in she's engaged to another woman and i'm like helping with their wedding and it's all very queer and uh so kayla asked like are you watching the new l word with your ex and i was like of course i am because she's my best friend and kayla's like i'm gonna talk to you so we talked over twitter and oh i read that
3: i remember (laughs) reading that in the
2: article yeah
0: (laughs) that's megan
2: Megan, i was very excited about it i didn't even realize that you guys were dating at the time but it was very exciting like Obviously, in and of itself, and then I was like, "Oh my god, this brings me one step <laughs> one
1: step closer to
2: Kristen Arnett."
1: <laughs> I feel like Megan embodies all of our our best um, lesbian stereotypes in that article.
2: I yeah, it's really, a good thing or a bad thing? But thank you, Alex. <laughs>
1: Great thing! I love it.
2: <laughs> but I do say all the time that uh, Kristen and Kayla are my favorite queer couple on Twitter, just watching the two of you go back and forth and also um, Yashwina from Tin House, like the three of you, I, every time I see you guys come up I'm like I need to read this whole thread. Like. <laughs>
3: We have like a group text. that's like me, Kayla and Yash. And those are always very funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that they are. funny to read that group chat. That needs to be a book. All I want you. to do is
1: read author group chats. Every yeah. time we talk to an author and they're like, oh, we're in a group chat with this person. I'm like, just read some of it for us on air, please. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's probably wonderful. But <sighs> well, thank you so much for talking to us. We have been waiting for this day since we started this podcast last year. So
3: i'm so it's glad
0: fun. you guys invited me this was delightful
1: yeah if you as you continue writing you're welcome back literally anytime
0: wait i, I would like to pause you can come back and now be our like co-podcaster if that was what you would like thank you you're welcome no, i was just kidding you have
1: a free volunteer job here if you, you ever don't even
0: want. have to write anything surprise you can just come <laughs>
1: Um, But this episode will be out the week that With Teeth comes out. So the day after With Teeth is out, you can purchase With Teeth. If you don't already have Mostly Dead Things, buy it and read it. If you haven't read it yet, pick it up off your bookshelf and read it. And let us know all of your thoughts. Yes. And then, Kristen, where can everyone find you on social media again?
3: Oh, I'm usually on Twitter. So you can find me being being, um, dumb on Twitter at Kristen (laughs) underscore Arnett.
1: Thank you so much.
3: (laughs) All
1: right. Cheers, queers. Cheers, queers.